Hello, I'm your host, Jess. You're listening to Life in the Ordinary, a podcast created to share thoughts and lessons learned from day-to-day living. Most of us spend the majority of our days living very average, beautifully ordinary lives. Here's where I share thoughtful ideas and advice to help us be more intentional in our everyday lives, our work, and our relationships with ourselves and others. We all have conversations every day, right? Although I'm sure we all have varying amounts of them based on what type of work you do, your living arrangements, or your family structure and dynamics. For me, I spend a whole lot of my workday talking to people. I have student appointments, I'm in conversations with close team members, and meetings with different departments that I have a varying amount of familiarity with. And then while COVID certainly has made life look a lot different in the past year, on a personal level, uh, my time with friends is typically filled with hours of conversation that flies by way too fast. So basically, I find myself in a lot of conversations, both chosen and forced. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that I think we all do at one point or another that can derail a conversation and probably derail a relationship too if it's done too often, and that is conversational narcissism. Yikes. Sounds a little harsh, right? But first, let's talk a little bit about how I came to learn about what that even meant and what to try instead. Two years ago now, I was sitting in a session in my region's National Academic Advising Association conference, and truthfully, I don't even remember what the session was about. But in the discussion between the speakers and the people who attended um, that session after the discussion, like the Q&A, someone mentioned a TED Talk by author and journalist Celeste Headley called 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation. It sounded interesting to me. I made a note of it, and I checked it out later. I loved it, and after listening to the TED Talk, dove deeper into her work by picking up her book, We Need to Talk, How to Have Conversations That Matter. As a side thought, I'm a big believer in always having a journal to make note about something you might see or hear that made you pause for a second so that you can reference back to it. Follow those things that catch your curiosity, and more often than not, you'll learn something new that you might have never encountered otherwise. But it was in a chapter of Celeste's book that she introduced sociologist Charles Derber's description of the tendency to insert oneself into a conversation as conversational narcissism. And when I read it, I have one of those, oh shoot, moments, because I know I've done this over and over again. And that wasn't a good feeling since the term narcissism has such a strongly negative connotation attached to it. Nobody wants to be called a narcissist, right? But with conversational narcissism, it's when you have the desire to take over a conversation. You end up doing most of the talking and you shift the focus of the exchange over to yourself. Most of us do this unknowingly, and often even in a really subtle way. And it's in our human nature. Maybe I'm being an optimist here, but I believe that when they do this, most people aren't doing it with selfish intent. Although I'll be reasonable and admit that yes, I'm sure there are some people out there that do. When we're doing this unconsciously, many times we're doing this when we become uncomfortable in a conversation and we don't know what to say. And when we're uncomfortable, we default to a subject we are comfortable with. And what do we know best? Ourselves. Well, I mean, most of the time anyway, right? I mean, most of the time it really does feel easier to talk about yourself though, doesn't it? Well, that's one reason we might unintentionally default to talking about ourselves. Another reason could be that we do this because we have a similar experience we've had 
and we jump in and share because we think it'll lead to more connection from having a shared experience. But here's the thing. Shared experiences are never the same. Everyone's experience is unique to them. So you may be trying to empathize with the person you're in a conversation with, but what you're really doing is drawing the focus away from them and turning that attention to yourself instead. In conversations, there are two kinds of responses when we're talking about conversational narcissism. There's the shift response and there's a support response. Shift responses do just what the name implies. They shift the attention away from the person speaking. In a support response though, the focus stays on the speaker and it encourages them to continue on with sharing their story. So here's an example of what each of those responses could look like. If you say to me, I'm feeling really tired today. I'm not sure why. A shift response would be if I said something like, ugh, me too. My son was up in the middle of the night last night and then I just couldn't get back to sleep. I'm so tired. Today's rough. See how I turned that right into a story about myself? Now a support response would be something like, that really stinks. Have you been sleeping okay this week? In that back and forth, I keep the focus on you and my response encourages you to keep talking about your story. Now conversations are certainly nuanced though, so being mindful of your responses and the direction it takes your conversation is important. Strictly a support response every time isn't necessary and truly it's probably not practical either. Sharing things about yourself is a natural part of conversation, um, but it's still best to make sure that you're looping the conversation back around to the person in the conversation who started the topic you're on. So what else could you do differently? If you catch yourself in this pattern and your response is one that's to something that's shared that's uncomfortable, um, remember that sometimes what people need if they're sharing something tough is a response that makes them feel heard and their experience acknowledged. They don't need to be forced to listen to and acknowledge us instead. Something as simple as saying, that sounds tough. I'm so sorry this can happen to you, can go a long way. That's a great example of a support response and one that I certainly have noted in, in my own personal little toolbox when I'm having really tough conversations with, with students and staff. In less intense conversations, try slowing down for a second and give a couple of support responses that encourages the other person to continue their story and actually give them a chance to finish it. Hit pause and ask yourself, has the person gotten a chance to say everything they want to say? Is what I'm about to share about myself really that important or does it add to or support their story? Often we hear a part of someone's story and our instant reaction is for our mind to wander to that one time we had an experience with that same thing, that same place, or that same person. And our instincts will probably be to want to jump right in and tell that story to them. But when we do that, and especially if we include more detail than is really necessary, then there's a good chance that your response will feel like it came out of left field to the person on the other end of the conversation. We've all been on the receiving of those exchanges, right? I personally choose grace here for those situations though, because most times what we're really doing is just trying to understand someone else by relating their story to our own experiences. Again, human nature at work. But train yourself to filter through all of those thoughts that enter your head during a conversation and accept that there will be times where it's best to just let that thought float right back out of your head instead of sharing it with the other person. Once we know better, it's often easier to notice when we have moments we could do better in. I hope that you found some piece of this helpful and thanks for tuning in.
I put the links to Celeste Headley's TED Talk, 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation, and to her book, We Need to Talk, How to Have Conversations That Matter, in the episode notes if you are interested in digging into her work more too. If you would like to reach out and chat with me, you can reach me at jess.intheordinary at gmail.com or over on Instagram at jess.intheordinary. Thanks again.